0: Anytime you try to start something from scratch, you're taking a leap of faith and
1: you're trying to create something out. Welcome in to Studying Success. On this podcast, I interview investors and entrepreneurs who tell us about their life, the ins and outs of their industries, and the different ways that they have found success. Hi Nikhil, how are you? I'm good, thanks Will. Where are you right now? I'm in San Francisco. How is it there? It's pretty good. It's, I
0: think, 60s degrees weather-wise, and so very cool relative to the rest of the country and the rest of the world at the moment.
1: Yeah, you're kind of avoiding all the heat from the rest of the country, that's awesome. All right, so let's jump right into it. Nikhil, what do you think are the key things that got you to where you are now?
0: Yeah, so well, just to level set for everyone, I am now the co-founder of a venture capital firm called Footwork. We've been around for about a year and a half, and we invest in early stage companies, which means we're typically leading companies, seed and series A rounds, joining the boards of these companies, working pretty closely with these entrepreneurs. I grew up in the UK, and my parents had immigrated there from India, so my sister and I were born in Britain. And then when I was 13, our family moved to the US and to the San Francisco Bay Area. And so I think, if I look back at like one of the key moments that got me to where I am, that was probably key moment number one because moving to the U.S. and moving to the Bay Area is what exposed me to entrepreneurship and technology at a young age. I went to eighth grade and then high school out here, and I didn't really know what starting a company meant, what the technology industry was, but then I suddenly was in like the middle of Silicon Valley for high school. I got to learn how to code in high school. I was going to school with all these kids whose parents were in startups or big tech companies or in venture capital, and so I got to learn a little bit about what those industries are like just from being here. And that's what led me, when I went to undergrad, to start working on startup ideas of my own, as that was probably like the next big inflection point in my life It got me to where I am today. And while working on startups, we pitched VCs. And every time I was in those meetings with venture capital investors, pitching them on an idea, I would think, wow, that job seems amazing. Like how do I get to do that one day? And that's what led me to start thinking about venture capital as a potential career down the road. I then got lucky to start investing at a venture firm right out of undergrad actually interned there during an undergrad, and that's what's led me to this sort of career that I've now had across about 12 years in venture capital. So I guess to summarize, three big moments, one, moving to America, moving to the Bay Area, second, starting to work on startups of my own, and third, realizing I had an interest in venture capital and getting to pursue it from a pretty young age.
1: So did you say that you were working on startups while you were still in college?
0: Yeah, basically from day one of my freshman year, I knew I wanted to work on startup ideas. And I tried to find other people who were interested in that. That led me to one person I ended up working on a startup with during freshman year that actually didn't end up working out. I then made another friend sophomore year who I ended up working on a startup with. And so yeah, that was a big part of my college experience, actually.
1: What was that like? Who did you work with? How well did your startups do? Like, where did they go?
0: I worked on a bunch of ideas of my own. Like I kept a notebook of startup ideas that I have and and kept ruminating on what those could be and jotting them down and telling friends about them and getting feedback on them. And most of those didn't go anywhere. And then one that was actually not my idea, but someone else's idea is the one that I ended up working on a bunch sophomore year and junior year that actually ended up turning into a real company that's still going today. It's called Artsy, A-R-T-S-Y. And it's a marketplace in the art world that enables people to buy and sell art online. We're talking about paintings, you know, fine art. And two of us ended up working on that and starting it back in 2008. So it's been 14 years since my sophomore year of college. Wow, are you still involved with Artsy? I'm not, no. And I ceased being involved a couple years in, but just the experience of building that initial product, trying to get it off the ground, trying to find customers on both sides of the marketplace, pitching venture investors, which is, as I mentioned, part of what sparked the interest for me to go do this now as a career. All of that, I learned so much from. And so I think of it as a super impactful experience. for me. What did you learn from those
1: experiences? Yeah,
0: I learned just what it takes to be an entrepreneur. There was very little risk for me at the time because I was in school, didn't have any... Real responsibilities to have to make money to pay for stuff. I was lucky that I didn't have to go into student debt to go to college. But still, anytime you try to start something from scratch, you're taking a leap of faith and you're trying to create something out of nothing. And for me, that process was just really valuable in setting me up to be able to empathize with what it's like to be a founder. Fast forward many years, and a couple years ago, I took the leap to start a venture capital firm. I think if I hadn't had those experiences as an undergrad, I don't know that I would have been doing what I'm doing now on lots of different dimensions.
1: How do you pitch the idea of a venture firm if you don't have necessarily an idea or financials behind the idea, similar to how you do have in a business?
0: What you're pitching with a venture firm is your ability to go find entrepreneurs to invest in, to make high quality investment decisions, to be able to win those investments and have Founders choose you to invest in the company and then to be able to help the companies that you invest in and ultimately to generate a great return on the investment. So, I think a commonality here is what you're ultimately pitching is how are you as an investor going to make great returns on the capital that you invest? That is also what you're pitching when you're starting a business, right? At the end of the day you're pitching folks who want to get a return on their capital. But hopefully that makes sense in terms of the areas that you focus on in your pitch, finding companies, making investment decisions, winning those investments, and helping those companies be successful.
1: How do you showcase to investors that you have an ability to make a return on their investments?
0: In our case, part of that story for Footwork lay in the prior investments that I'd made at my prior firms, Shasta Ventures and Insight Partners. And so being able to convince investors, hey, look at the past investments that I've made, they've generated great returns. That track record shows that I have hopefully some good judgment around investment decisions, the ability to find great investments, the ability to win investments, the ability to help companies. But a part of that story was not just based historically, but based on what we think we can do going forward and with my partner, Mike, who comes from the company building side. And so we had to tell a story around why are we going to be great at all these different dimensions? That story had to be backed up by references. One of the things investors do when they invest in a fund is they call lots and lots of people that you've worked with in the past to see, hey, is what these people are telling me actually true? Do you think that they're going to make a great return on the investment? They also are able to judge some of your actions as you get the firm off the ground and make the first few investments. And so that was another thing that people judged us on to decide whether or not to invest.
1: So those are some of the elements. Could you walk us through one of your recent investments in a business? How did you meet them all the way to you investing in them?
0: We just invested in this company called Felt. You can check it out at felt.com. And what Felt does is enables anyone to make a map online of anything that they're interested in. So the use cases here are imagine being able to, on top of a map, clip out different roads and buildings and routes, add photos to the map, notes to the map, links on the map. And so the use cases of felt are, well, you could create a felt of all the places you've been this summer and all the things that you've done. And all that you can layer onto a map. You can obviously, you can create like a Google doc or you can create in your notes, maybe a, a list of notes of all the places you've been. But seeing that on top of a map is more useful for some use cases, right? You can actually see like physically where those places are if they're on a map. And you really can't do that with a product like Google Maps today. You can pin different places and save different locations and you know, see different routes from place to place. But you can't add notes to the map, photos to the map, links to the map. There isn't like a a map that is sort of saved and you can go back to with Google Maps. There, There just isn't that concept that exists with Felt. Anyway, that's a little bit about what it does. How do we find this company? So I actually follow the newsletter of one of the founders of this business, a guy named John Duruk. And he published in his newsletter, hey, I'm starting to work on a new idea. It's around mapping. Reach out to me if it's of interest. So I actually reached out to him directly from that newsletter, but he didn't respond. Then I found out, I actually know one of the angel investors in Felt and that investor ended up putting me in touch with John. And so that's how I first got in touch with the company. I'd heard about it through the newsletter and then I got a mutual connection to introduce us. And then we spent a bunch of time with the founders of this business. We got really excited about the product, about the market opportunity and about the team and ended up leading their series a round of funding it was a 15 million dollar round and it happened a couple months ago so that's a little bit about felt in the journey there
1: with each investment do you have to learn the market and figure out what are their competitors and stuff like that like is it hard to learn the market for each individual company that you invest in i think
0: that's one of the hard things and also exciting things about what we get to do in venture capital. And again, it depends on your approach. So there's some people who very much want to invest in like one market. They know that market inside and out. They have a prepared mind every time they meet with a company in that market. And so to your point, Will, they don't actually have to do that much work on the market because they've made a bunch of investments there before, and that's their entire focus area. I actually really like making investments in different markets. To me, it's one of the exciting things about what I get to do. I get to learn every time something new, and I really enjoy that. But there likely has to be some characteristic of the business that I really do understand, either the business model or the types of users or the go-to-market or how they're architecting the product. If I don't understand any of that before I meet with a company, it's probably not gonna be something I invest in. And so in Felt's case, I didn't know that much about the mapping market. I'd seen some companies there in the past, but I had seen companies of this flavor of product at the intersection of creation software, design software, collaboration software, and had made other investments in that general area before, such as a company like Canva, if you're familiar with that, where at my prior firm, we ended up investing in the seed round back in 2014. So I had a mental model for what to look for in that type of company, in that type of product. But then there were unknown unknowns for me and us about the actual mapping market that we had to learn while we spent time with these founders. Now, an important principle I always try to keep in mind is at the end of the day, when we're making these venture investments, we're typically you know, minority shareholders in the company, maybe we own 15%, 20% of the company. Ultimately, it doesn't matter how much we understand about the market. It matters much more how much the founders themselves and the team understands about the market. And so one of the things that we're assessing is not just sort of the market and making sure we're up to speed on it, but assessing the understanding of the founders about the market and how great that is. That matters way more than our own understanding. So I just wanna make sure to call that out because that's an important part of the analysis for us that doesn't rest on our own understandings of the market.
1: I think a lot of our listeners will be either in college or thinking about college or thinking about what they're going to major in. So I would just love to hear your opinion on going to business school.
0: So I didn't go to business school. I studied molecular biology in undergrad. So I didn't actually study CS. I, I did take a bunch of CS classes and I did take a bunch of economics, finance classes in school, but I ended up studying molecular biology and While I don't do something directly related to bio today, I still think I learned a lot about how to think, how to write, how to learn, got an appreciation for lots of different disciplines by having a pretty interdisciplinary undergrad experience. My parents both went to business school. My mom's actually a business school professor. My sister is in business school right now. So a couple things I'll flag. One is, you know, I think anytime we each give advice, we come with our own set of biases and... Where you stand depends on where you sit. So, you know, I obviously made a conscious decision somewhere along the way that I wasn't going to go to business school. I actually feel like venture capital investing has been my business school education. I've gotten to see so many case studies of businesses just by investing in them and by deciding not to invest in them and by seeing what's happened over the last 12 years of doing this. But I can see lots of benefits of business school. I see them. And my own conversations with my family members. I think business school is particularly relevant if you wanna do something very different to what you're doing right now. And you also know what it is that you wanna do. So if you're an engineer at the moment, but you know you wanna be on the business side of either running a company or starting a company, you just don't know that much about what all of that takes, business school could absolutely be an amazing path fee. But again, I think having the knowledge for what you're trying to achieve out of business school Or for that matter, any professional school is really valuable going in because then you can tailor your experience to what it is that you want to achieve. And then, look, I think all business schools offer benefits such as a new network of people to be there for one another during their careers. They offer interesting classes and interesting access to people. For many people who've been just grinding hard for the first couple years of their career, they offer a little bit of a break and a chance to travel and a chance to experience new things and see the world. And I think all those things are really important. I chose a certain path to not go to business school because I genuinely really liked what I was doing at the time in venture investing and felt like I was getting my own business education by doing it. But everyone has to figure out what path is really right
1: for that. And that's why I always preface any advice I give with that. Going back to your job today... What are some of the things that you really like about running a venture capital firm? And what are some things that you don't like? And what are the challenges?
0: So I honestly really love the day-to-day of what I get to do. And that's been the case for me for a long time now. I just feel really blessed and really grateful to have that. To me, that's the North Star of a career that's fulfilling is, are you waking up out of bed and are you excited to get to work? And I honestly have felt that way for many, many years now. Why is that the case in what I do right now? I think a big reason is as a venture capital investor, we're getting to meet entrepreneurs every day. And entrepreneurs are some of the most interesting people in the world, right? Like they've taken a risk to try to go build something. They have to be a little bit crazy to do that, right? To think that You know, they can build something out of nothing and have it be wildly successful. But getting to spend time with people like that every day is super enriching. There's just constant learning for me on people and on new ideas and on new markets. And I just love that part of the job and always have. Honestly, what do I not like as much? I mean, look, this job is hard when you invest in companies at the early stage. A lot of them fail a lot of them go through real lows and highs and lows and highs. And you're constantly trying to contend with that. And you know, in this job, you're going to end up making bad investments and losing money. And that sucks. And it's really hard. And there isn't that much you can often do about it. You can work like crazy to try to get your money back and the founders get to another idea or help the company get sold or whatever it is but that's hard work and there's a lot of luck attached to it and a lot of things that are just outside of your control so dealing with that is difficult from a psychological standpoint from a day-to-day standpoint it can be it can be tough for me the stuff i love about it and how grateful i feel to get to do this far outweighs how hard That aspect of it is for me, and and that's why I I do what I do, and I love it. But it's still something that's important to reflect
1: on and be honest about. What advice would you give or what advice did you receive to get to where you are now? So one of the pieces of advice, and I honestly
0: can't remember who even gave me this advice many years ago that always stuck with me, is by definition, to have an outlier career, you have to make different decisions. You can't just go do the thing that everyone else is doing. And the sort of corollary of that piece of advice is to have success and to do really well, you probably have to take risks along the way. You have to do things that may look crazy or a little bit wrong to other people around you. But that's just what it takes to do something special. Otherwise, you're just going to be like everyone else. You're just going to follow the same path everyone else is following. Another way to conceive of this is think about the difference between a line, a linear line versus an Exponential line at the beginning those two lines look really similar but a few years out they diverge and a few years after that they diverge even more and to get on that exponential path you have to take risk and you have to do something different so I always, I think, had this model in my head that I've got to follow the things I'm passionate about and it's okay if I do things that are just different to my peers. And I remember when I was at Princeton for undergrad, most of my peers were wearing suits, going off and doing these consulting and investment banking interviews to get jobs for like, the summer and then for full time. And I was like, why are they doing that? Like that stuff doesn't interest me at all. I like startups, but am I crazy to like startups? Am I crazy to like this world? I don't know. And you don't know in the moment. And people told me you're making a huge mistake by going to join Insight as a summer intern. You're not gonna learn that much there. It's like a sales job. You should go do consulting because McKinsey's a much better name on the resume than Insight, you should go join Google as a APM associate product manager. But I was just really excited about getting to try investing. Like I knew that that's something I really wanna try to do at some point in my career, so why not just try to do it right now? And I didn't listen to those people who were saying, that isn't a great decision, that's a crazy decision. And again, when I look back now, I think I made good decisions because I was making them for a good reason. Like I knew why I was interested in those things and I didn't need the validation of the name of the brand or validation of the path that I was supposed to follow when making those decisions. And that actually served me well. Like I ended up going on a more exponential career path than a lot of my peers by taking a little bit more risk by doing something differently. And what I realized in hindsight is you sort of have to be that way to do anything special, I think, in your career. So I hope that that helps for you and for others listening and gives people a mental model for a way to make decisions.
1: In in one's career. Do you have any resources such as blogs, podcasts, books that you would recommend to learn more?
0: So about venture capital specifically, there's a new book called The Power Law by Sebastian Malaby that is a great history of the venture capital industry. I think anyone who's curious about the industry should read that book. There are other books about the industry that I read growing up, like E Boys, about the history of Benchmark, one of the great early stage focused venture firms. There's a book called Venture Deals by Brad Feld. But I think The Power Law is probably the right place to start now. That book came out, I think, last year, and a great thing to read for anyone interested in venture capital. In terms of essays and newsletters and blogs online, there's a couple that I think are really special. One is Paul Graham's essays. Paul is the founder of Y Combinator. Y Combinator is an accelerator for startups that, has been the most successful one of its kind for the last you know, 15 years. Companies like Airbnb and Dropbox and Stripe and others in Y Combinator when they got started. Just an amazing list of companies born out of it. But Paul has a great list of essays, and I read those when I was getting started as an entrepreneur. I still think they have tons and tons of relevance today. One of my favorite venture capital writers is Fred Wilson. He's at a firm called Union Square Ventures. He, he started that firm about 17 years ago, and he maintains a blog at avc.com, just those three letters that I think is must read. And then podcasts, there's several that I think are great places to start. If you're most interested in investing, and I mean investing both in the public markets and the private markets, I think Patrick O'Shaughnessy's podcast, Invest Like the Best, is a really great resource. If you're interested in venture capital itself, Harry Stebbings has a podcast called The 20 Minute BC, and Harry was, I think, 18 when he started that podcast, maybe younger than that. I actually got to meet him when he was about that age, which is really fun. I'm supposed to see him in a couple weeks in London again. And he's a great listen for folks, I think, particularly younger in their careers. He also built a podcast business out of his podcast. He started a venture fund out of his podcast. So he's a fun listen, I think, for anyone young in their careers. And then I'll brought out one final one. I know I just listed a lot, but... I think one of the best technology writers out there, if you're interested in technology more broadly and how to analyze tech businesses and what's happening in the tech landscape, big tech, as well as some, some startups, is Ben Thompson. He writes a blog called Stratechery, S-T-R-A-T-E-C-H-E-R-Y, a combination of strategy and technology in that name. And it is a paid blog, but he does a free weekly email newsletter. I just think his insights are amazing and I learn a lot from every everything he writes. His pieces come out in a podcast as well. So just threw out a lot, but hopefully some of that's helpful for your listeners.
1: So helpful. Thank you so much, Nikhil, for coming on the show. I really learned a lot from you. Thanks for having me, Will, and thanks for doing this podcast for everyone. It's super cool. As always, thank you for listening, and please make sure you subscribe to get updated when the podcasts come out. I'm Will Burkhart, and you've been listening to Studying Success.